0: السلام عليكم wa الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا علما so inshallah today we will begin kitab of jama'ah abwab wal kitab Salatul Jama'ah, the group prayer and the imam in some books you will find a separate kitab, in other books you won't find a separate kitab, but we see that the uh, hadith are the same. Okay. Bab wujub salatil the obligation of the group prayer, the obligation of the group prayer, meaning it is an obligation to perform salah in jamaah What kind of obligation? What kind of fard is it? Is it fard ayn or fard kifaya? Ayn. فَرْضَعِينَ Meaning it is obligatory on the individual. Which individual? Men. Not women, but men. So it is an obligation upon the men to perform the prayer in congregation. In which case? In which case? In the case where there are two men or more. Like for example, if a person is traveling alone himself, or he happens to be alone somewhere, And the masjid is an hour away. He goes there for work purposes. For instance, there's no other Muslim man nearby. And the time for prayer has come. If he drives to the masjid, he will miss the prayer. So can he perform salah by himself? Yes. Because there are a hadith from which we learn, inshallah we will learn, that the salah of a person in jamaah is more reward compared to his salah in his home or in his marketplace. So it shows that a man... Is, meaning if he prays by himself, the salah is valid. But in the case where jama'ah is possible, how will it be possible? That either there are more men, or he is able to go to the masjid. Then in that case, it is fard on him. In that case, it is fard on him to pray in jama'ah. And this is proven from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, and also from the way of the Sahaba, from the Qur'an. Where is the evidence? wa atu wa مع Do rukur Along with those who are doing rukur Ma'iyah over there means At the same time Along with So perform salah Along with others And we also learn that In the Quran Where the fear prayer is mentioned Salatul Khawf is mentioned وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ The Prophet is told That when you are amongst the companions And you lead them in prayer and the process of the fear prayer is mentioned, then what does that show? That in the case of fear, in the state of fear, if the Prophet ﷺ is to lead people in prayer, that one group prays with him one rakah, and then goes back, and then the other group comes, performs a second rakah, and then goes back, right? They will take turns. So if in the state of fear, they are performing salah in congregation, then what about in the state of aman and security? Then will they not perform salah in congregation? Then they're more required to. Because if it was not obligated to pray in congregation, then the Muslims would have been allowed to pray by themselves in the state of fear. Isn't that so? But was that done? No. So we see that where people are together, jama'a is mandatory. But where people are, a person is by himself, he's not able to join a group, then can he pray by himself? Yes. Is his salah valid? Yes we learnt about as-salat fir rihal in the state of bad weather condition where it is not possible for a person to go to the masjid then the adhan that is pronounced what is mentioned that pray in your homes so if a person is living by himself no other man in his house then how will he pray by himself alone so remember that where jamaah is an obligation it is valid meaning the salah of a man will be valid When he prays by himself Because of certain reasons Okay And we see that Firstly in the sunnah There are many evidences That show that Jama'ah is an obligation The way of the sahaba also We see that the sahaba said That at our times Only he would refrain From coming to the masjid Who was either sick Or a hypocrite Only two people would refrain From going to the masjid Who either the sick Or the hypocrites it was mandatory, it was considered, it was understood that it's mandatory on men to come and pray in the masjid, in jama'ah. And if you think about it logically also, logically also, when there is more reward for group prayer, and when this was the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, to perform salah together in jama'ah, then it makes sense that the people of his ummah should also perform salah in jama'ah. Al الْحَسَنِ And Al-Hasan said, this is Al-Hasan al-Basri, that إِن مَنَعَتْهُ أمه, if his mother stops him عَنِ الْعِشَاءِ from عِشَاء فِي الْجَمَاعَةِ in congregation Why? Why would she stop him? شَفَقَةً Out of compassion لَمْ يطعها. He is not going to obey her over there. If the mother is telling her son it's so late, It's so dark outside. Hmm? Or you're so tired. So don't go. Pray by yourself at home. Will he obey her? No, he's not going to obey her. Basically, Hassan al-Basri was asked about a man who fasts, voluntary fasts. And his mother tells him that, break your fast. So is he going to listen to her? So Hassan al-Basri said that, yes, he should break his fast. Why? Because it's a voluntary fast. Okay, So he will get the reward of his fast Why? Because he intended to He started but he wasn't able to complete it So inshallah Allah will reward him And secondly he will also get the reward of Silah, of birul walidain Then Hassan al-Basri was asked About a man that his mother told him not to go To the masjid for Isha So is he going to Listen to her? He said no Why? Because that is Faridah, that is an obligation now you might wonder, why would a woman stop her son? Why would a mother stop her son from going to the masjid for Isha? Hmm? Out of shafaqah. And you know what? I was telling somebody about this and they said, but why would a mother stop? But the thing is that a mother, she's very compassionate towards her children. Wife can be logical. Hmm? In the sense that, so what if you're working 9 to 5, it's time for Isha, you have to go, fad is Right? wife can be harsh and logical and straightforward but mother is mother even if her son has turned 60 years old for her, he is still her son her baby and so she will say to him that you're tired after the whole day take it easy it's okay if you pray at home you're sick it's so cold outside she might encourage him to stay at home she might do so so what should the son do? What should he do? He should say, yeah, it's okay, it doesn't matter. Or You know, talk to her gently and still go to the masjid to perform his urshah. Why? Because it is necessary for him. You see, if the father is going, okay, and the masjid is not too far, if it's a safety concern, like for example, urshah is late in the summer, like let's say 11 o'clock, and your son is 12 years old, 11 years old, and he wants to go, and you say it's not safe, then either you take him, Okay, or you send him with somebody, basically then, if you are going to stop him, then later on when he's older, then it will be easier for him to stay back. There are some things that parents have to be very firm about. okay? Because in childhood, children develop habits. And these habits will affect them for the rest of their lives. You have to sometimes... You know, hold yourself back and, you know, kind of force yourself to be firm with certain things. But remember, it's for the good of your children. I remember when we would, when I was young going to school, there were times when in winter, every other day, somebody or the other is not there at school. Why? I was unwell. And I remember trying to stay home because, mom, my throat is hurting or I have a cold or this happened or that happened. And my mom would say, no way. You have to go to school. It was not even an option for us to stay home. It was not even an option. Never. It was a must. Only in the cases where, you know, the sickness was obviously very severe. Only in that case we were allowed to stay home. Otherwise, not even an option. Never, never at all. I remember once I fell at school from the stairs and hurt my arm really bad. I was sent home by the school. It was early in the morning. Went to the hospital, got x-rays done. Alhamdulillah, not a fracture, just a sprain. And I come home and I go to school. Back to school. And I remember having that whole thing around my neck and going back to school because there was a test. And I couldn't miss it. And this was fifth grade. But our problem is that we become too loving and too kind towards our children. And then our children, they become oversensitive. Then they don't know how to hold themselves to a higher level then they don't know how to push themselves forward and to make themselves achieve something in life because they get hurt by every little thing and sometimes it's not just the parents it's the whole family that is treating the children like this so they become oversensitive people who cannot tolerate a word or two from a person and who cannot tolerate a little bit of difficulty at work or in school and as a result we don't accomplish much in our lives You see, if it is possible for them to go to the masjid, then they must go to the masjid. But if the masjid is far, half an hour drive, 20 minute drive, 15 minute drive, and it would be difficult because by the time they go, come back, the children are very cranky, the wife needs to get home. You see, then there's a whole effect, right? On on everybody else. Then in that case, since the men are together, they can establish a jamaah at the house. But if the masjid is literally five minutes away, and all they need to do is just eat early, or eat quickly, or come back and have their dessert later, then they should go to the masjid. Okay? Every situation is different, and people are their best judge in the situation that they're in. So anyway, if a man is prevented by his mother from going to the masjid for Isha, then he is not going to obey her. Now, if the mother will not be obeyed in this matter, then what about the father? Will he be obeyed in this matter? What if the father tells the son, no, you don't go to the masjid? The son should say, come on dad, let's go to the masjid. But let's say the father says, no, you're not going to the masjid, don't go. Should he obey him? No. What if the child says, the children start crying, why are you going? It happens. The children start crying, why are you going? What if the wife stops the husband? that come let's watch this TV show why are you going at this time finally the children have gone to sleep and you go for Isha you're going to be gone for 45 minutes and then it'll be too late what if the wife stops him what if friends stop him no because if the mother will not be obeyed in this matter then nobody after the mother will be obeyed because from amongst all people whose level is the greatest in the sense that who is the person most obligated towards the mother, right? He is to obey her. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Right after the haqq of Allah comes the haqq of the parents. And from the parents, the mother. Remember the hadith in which the man asked the Prophet who has the most right? Your mother, your mother, your mother. And then, your father. So if the mother will not be obeyed in this case, then the rest of the people, not at all. Not at all. Now it doesn't mean that a person will be harsh with them, but that he is going to somehow figure out a way of going for Isha' because that is necessary. Haddathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf qala akbaruna malik an Abi zinaadi an al-'araji an Abi hurayrata anna rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam qalwalla di nafsi biyadihi by the one in whose hand is my soul, meaning by Allah. Laqad hamamtu certainly I intended an amura that I command Bihatabin with some firewood that I instruct that some firewood be collected فَيُحْطَبُ then it is lit meaning it is burnt thumma amura bisalati then I command that the prayer is begun fayu'adhana لَهَا then the adhan is pronounced for it thumma amura rajulan then I command a man فَيَأُمَّ Nasa, Then he leads the people in prayer. ثُمَّ أُخَالِفَ إِلَى Then I go after those men. Which men? Some men who are not here. فَأُحَرِّقَ عَلَيْهِمْ بُيُوتَهُمْ and I burned their houses on top of them. nafsi bi and by the one in whose hand is my soul, Low Yarlamu Ahaduhum, if any one of them knew Annahu Yajidu Saminan that he were to find a meaty bone, O Midmatini or two hoofs, Hasanataini good ones, two good hoofs certainly he would have come for Isha. If he was called for dinner at the Masjid. He would have come right away. But because it is Isha, He is not coming. Now what do we see here? The obligation of performing Salah in Jamaah. Because if it was not obligatory, the Prophet would not have said such words. He would not have shown such disapproval for those men who did not come for Jamaah. Because you see, he is swearing an oath over here, وَالَّذِي When is a qasm made? In the Quran, what do we learn? A qasm is sworn, in which case? In which situation? Okay, to show first of all the Ahamiya, the importance of what is going to be mentioned. Alright, when else? What are the three reasons one is to show the importance of what is to be mentioned. The second is when the mukhaat of the one who is being addressed is in doubt. This is why in the Quran there is so much qasm. Okay, there's so many oaths. Because the people had doubt about the hereafter. So for example, they doubted the day of judgment. So for example, in many surahs, was And towards the end of the surah, What is mentioned? Matters of the hereafter. Or matters of the certainty of the Prophet of the Qur'an. So when the mukhatab is in doubt or the mukhatab is in denial. Think about it. When is it that you have to swear an oath before someone? When they're not believing you. When they're doubting you. Or when you want to show the importance of something. So over here, the Prophet ﷺ is swearing an oath. Why? To show the importance of performing the prayer in jama'ah. Now, some people, they said, based on this hadith, they said that the Prophet intended to go and burn the houses of the people who did not show up for jama'ah. But he didn't actually do it. So it shows that it is sunnah to pray in jama'ah, it is not fard Because if he had done it, then it would be definitely obligatory. But because he didn't do it, it shows that it's sunnah. But if a person has any knowledge of the Prophet life and words, he would realize that the Prophet never said a statement such as this for a matter concerning which people had a choice. Because the Prophet he preferred ease over difficulty. He said, Yassiru wala to tu'assiru Out of two options, which one did he prefer? The easier one. So why would he say such harsh words Concerning a matter In which people had a choice And if really people had a choice Concerning this matter Then his saying all of this His expressing his anger His disapproval would be useless I mean this is really Not giving due importance to The words of the Prophet ﷺ Consider the fact that he's swearing an oath And consider the fact that he is saying such Harsh words The Prophet who was so gentle And kind, how can you expect that he would say such harsh words for a matter in which people had a choice? And, okay, yes, definitely he said this, but he didn't actually go and burn the houses of people. Why? Why did he not do that? Because first of all, he had to lead the jama'ah. He had to pray himself in congregation. This is why he didn't. And secondly, because repeatedly the Prophet is advised in the Qur'an to ignore the hypocrites. Turn away from them. Ignore them. Why? Because we are not to go and seek people in their sin. We are not to go and catch people in their sin. Right? We have been told to ignore. Ignore. Overlook the mistakes of others. Even the sins of others. Remember when the people came and confessed in front of the Prophet i I've committed zina. What did the Prophet do? Turned his face away. Right, Because if Allah has concealed your sin, I don't want to publicize it. I don't want to highlight it and show it in front of everybody. Because the thing is that when people are confronted with their mistakes, then what happens is that their ego is hurt. And when their ego is hurt, then instead of realizing their mistake and doing something to seek forgiveness for it, what happens? They become defensive. So this was not the way of the Prophet Wasallam that he would go to the houses of people and look what they're doing inside. What sins are they committing? He respected the privacy of others. And this is something that we need to realize also. That sometimes it happens that you tell somebody about something, do this or don't do this. And you tell them once, you tell them again and again. Now what is the next step? You humiliate them in public. What can you do? Then you have to ignore them. Okay? Because if you confront them and humiliate them, you know what's going to happen? They're not going to show up at all. They're just going to run away. They're going to avoid you completely. Isn't that so? Like for example children They're doing something wrong You tell them once Don't do this And they do it again You tell them again But they keep doing it Then what should you do? Ignore them You know why? Because otherwise You're going to lead them into Doing that behind your back Go deeper into the problem Analyze a problem What is a problem? They don't understand Because if they understood The seriousness of what they're doing Would they be doing it? No so what is necessary? That you tell your child, don't do this. He's still doing it. You realize that he's too young to understand. So ignore him. Ignore him. I remember once the pediatrician, they informed, they taught us that there are certain things that children do and you don't need to stop them from it. Why? Because with time, they will learn. Like, for example, which adult do you see eating food with, you know, their face dirty? Would an adult do that? No. This is something that people learn with age. So if a child is eating and making a mess, there's food all over their arms or their face, don't scold them over that. You know why? Because they will grow out of it naturally. Naturally they will grow out of it. But when you will yell at them, and you will tell them again and again, this will make them stubborn. This will make them parent and deaf. Right? This will hurt them you understand so we see that the Prophet disapproved of this that people are not coming for jamaah yet he did not go and burn their houses down or confront them why? because this would make people more stubborn because those people who are going to change what happens? they hear one instruction and that is sufficient for them one advice and that is enough for them like that companion we learn about who had really long hair and the Prophet said about him that he's very good only if his hair was not very long. And as soon as that companion found out, instantly instantly he trimmed his hair. One advice was sufficient. Hmm? So when you see that someone is receptive and you've advised them once, twice, okay it's working. Sometimes it happens that you're telling a person one way, another way, another way. It's not working. Then you have to adopt a different strategy. And what is that strategy sometimes? Ignore them for a while and then come back again. Ignore them for a while and then come back again. So this is what we see the Prophet did. And we see here that the Prophet he said... And these words are really something that we need to reflect on. What is arqan Arq is basically lahm, the meat that remains on the bone. Sometimes it happens that you take the meat off, but there's still some meat that will remain. So he said that if one of them knew that he would find arqan seminan, a meaty bone, meaning a bone from which people ate, they took the meat off, but still there's a lot of meat left. Somebody's leftovers, they would come. Because the food is good. The food is good. Or, mirmatini hasanataini. Two good hooves. Two good hooves. He would find in the masjid to eat. He would come. And we see this sometimes. That there is a party, a dinner party, a wedding, at the masjid. At the masjid. And on that night, 100 people are at the masjid. Parking lot is full. But what happens on other nights? The masjid is empty. There's barely a row or two. The Prophet wasallam most of the time he taught with his actions, right? Also with his words, but his teachings with his actions. And when he did something and then said about it, then that shows more importance. That first of all, he's praying salah in jama'ah himself. And secondly, he's expressing his anger over the people who are not coming in Jamara, What does that show? The obligation of jama'ah. بَابْ The excellence of the group prayer. So sometimes it happens that people don't realize the importance of something. What is necessary that we remind them? What? The reward, the benefit, the virtue. Now, which salah is to be performed in jama'ah which salah fard now what do we see amongst the Muslims which salah is performed in jama'ah taraweeh right which is why we see that in the month of Ramadan for voluntary prayers in congregation the masjid is full but the rest of the year performing fard prayer in congregation the masjid is empty hmm which jama'ah is afdal the fard one because in hadith, what do we learn? A person draws closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with which actions? Those that Allah has made mandatory on him. And then after that, when he performs voluntary, then he attains more nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We see that for Tarawih prayers, people will rush out of their houses. Right? But otherwise, in general, for Isha, there's no rushing over there. And there's no encouragement from the family either. It's also our fault, right? Because we as women, sometimes we become a reason for our husbands not going for Isha. We should be the ones encouraging them, motivating them, helping them. But if the husband knows that I'll go and my wife will be angry and when I come back, I have to do the dishes because she's put it on me tonight. You know, helping one another is important also. That sometimes the masjid is avoided because of its politics. But the thing is that a person should go to the masjid for what reason? For salah. Just go, pray, and go back. If you don't like the politics, don't want to get involved, don't. But go for the purpose of populating the masjid. Right? ma ya'muru masajid Allah. Imaratul masjid is something that the believers must do. Man amana billah. The one who believes in Allah must populate the masjid. And a masjid is populated how? First and foremost with Salatul Jama'ah. So باب فضي صلاة الجماعة وكان الأسود, الأسود إذا فاتته الجماعة when he would miss the jamaعة ذهب إلى مسجد آخر He would go to another masjid. Why? Because he didn't want to miss group prayers. He didn't allow himself to pray individually. If he missed one jamaعة he would go and try to catch another jamaعة. وَجَاءَ أَنَسٌ إِلَى مَسْجِدٍ And Anas once came to the masjid. قَدُ صلي فيه. In which Salah had already been performed. So what happened? He prayed by himself? No. فَأَذَّنَ He gave the Adhan. وَأَقَامَ And he gave the Wa جَمَاعَةً And he performed the Salah in Jama'ah. He got some people together and he performed in Jama'ah. Why? Because the Salaf believed that praying in Jama'ah is necessary. They were eager to get the reward. they didn't want to miss out on it. Now these examples they show to us that first of all in one masjid multiple jamaat may be performed. How one after the other not simultaneously. In one corner one jama'at is happening another corner another, another jamara no, not simultaneously, rather one after the other. So for example, a jamara is performed at eight o'clock and a person gets to the Masjid at 820, him and his father. So can they pray in jama'ah together? Yes. Because masjid is a place of prayer. It's a place of salah. So some people prayed, others came afterwards, they can pray together also. And especially when it's easy for people, then why not? Secondly, we also learned that with regards to adhan, that if the adhan was pronounced, okay, at a particular time, salah was established, And then a person comes after some time, he didn't hear the adhan. Can he give the adhan again? Yes, because Anas radhilawu'an who did that. But remember, this will be in the case where the person didn't hear the adhan himself. So for example, from this incident we see that perhaps Anas radhilawu'an who came from a far place. Because if he was nearby, he would have certainly heard the adhan. So perhaps he was coming back from a journey. Or in his journey, he stopped at this masjid. So this is why he didn't hear the adhan. So in this case, he can give the adhan. But if a person is giving the adhan, he should not give it on the loudspeaker so that the whole community gets worried that what happened. Or even in a masjid, he should not give it on the speaker. Why? Because then people who are present in the masjid, they will be worried as to what happened. They will be confused. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن نافع عن عبد الله بن عمر أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه قال الجماعة, the group prayer تفضل al الفذ Tafdulu it is more virtuous than al الفذ what is is al-fadh? individual Fadh is munfarid meaning a person performing salah himself so performing the salah in congregation is more virtuous than performing salah Individually, by how much? By twenty-seven times. Imagine twenty-seven times more reward than praying oneself. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا الليث عن عبد الله بن خباب عن أبي سعيد الخدري أنه سمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول صلاة In this narration. 25, in one narration we learn 27, in another 25. And what's the reason? Why is it that a person gets more reward for jama'ah? It's clear in this hadith. حدثنا موسى بن إسماعيل قال حدثنا عبد الواحد قال حدثنا الأعمش قال سمعت أبا صالح يقول سمعت أبا هريرة يقول قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاة الرجل في الجماعة تضعف على صلاته في بيته وفي سوقه That the salah of a person in jama'ah is multiplied, meaning it is more reward, compared to his salah, where? Alone in his house, or in his suq, in his workplace, in his market, in his shop. By how much? خَمْسًا وَعِشْرِينَ ضعفن. By 25 times. وَذَالِكَ And that is, why is it more reward to pray in congregation? Because, أَنَّهُ إِذَا توضأ, Because first of all, when he performs wudu, فَأَحْسَنَ الْوضُوءَ And he... Performs wudu in the best way. So Then he goes out to the masjid. Nothing brings him out except for prayer. The only reason why he's going out of the house is to perform the salah. You know, sometimes it happens that you're going out. You're like, I'm going to go to the store. And then I might as well stop at the masjid also. Since I'm out anyway. The salah is not the first priority. But for this person, the only reason is salah. لَمْ يَخْطُ خَطْوَةً he does not take a step Illa رُفِعَتْ لَهُ بِهَا درجة, Except that for it, a daraja is raised. Meaning for every step he takes, a daraja is raised. His daraja is raised. وَحُطَّ عَنْهُ بِهَا خطيئة. And because of that, a sin is erased. So imagine for every step, daraja raised, a sin erased. فَإِذَا صلى, Then when he prays, لَمْ تَزَلِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ then the angels continue to While he is performing the prayer The angels continue to They pray for him Ma musallahu. As long as he remains in his prayer place Meaning after the salah also When he remains sitting in his musalla The angels are making dua for him What are they saying? Allahumma salli alayhi Allahumma arhamhu Allah send upon him your blessings o Allah have mercy upon him وَلَا يَزَالُ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاةٍ مَنْ الصلاة. And as long as a person is waiting for the prayer, he is in the prayer. Meaning he is getting rewarded for the prayer. So a person might think, or oh, it takes me 45 minutes to go to the masjid, pray and come back. Remember that those whole 45 minutes are as though spent in prayer. So anyway, in this hadith and the previous hadith, what do we learn? That jama'ah, more reward. In some narrations we learn 25 times more. In other narrations we learn 27 times more. Why is there a difference? Why is there a difference? Because remember that when there is a difference, 25, 27, what does that show? Kathra, a lot of reward. Nothing less than 25. It just shows a lot of reward. Like for example in the Quran, for certain good deeds we learn 700 plus more. Right? For others, manja abil hasanati عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا We learn about multiplied reward, sometimes 10, sometimes 700, more, less. Because what does that show? That the reward will be a lot. And increased reward depends on what? The effort, the intention first of all, the sincerity, and secondly the effort that a person has put in. Okay? And every person his level of sincerity and his level of effort is different. Now for example, if there's one person who makes it to the masjid before the adhan and there is another person who makes it to the masjid right after the takbir. Will there be a difference? Of course. There is a person who comes 2 minute walk and there is another person who comes after 15 minute drive. Is there a difference? Yes. There's one person who's been free all day. And there's another person who's been at work. And then he shoveled his driveway. And then he came for Isha. He still has to go have his dinner. Is there a difference? Yes. So depending on the effort that a person is in, that a person is putting in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward him. That sometimes people will go at 11 o'clock in the night just to get a drink or just to get a burger. Why? Because they're hungry. Their desire will you know their craving will push them out of the house at a very odd hour in the night also. And like in the Hadith it was mentioned, Arkan Saminan, two good hoops. Now what is that compared to twenty five, twenty seven times more reward for every step a sin erased, for every step a daraja raised? I mean what is more and better? And plus the angels are making dua. And the whole time that a person is spending, he is in the prayer. I mean, if you compare the two, what is better? But it is sad that people will go for worldly reasons, but not for ukhrawi reasons. That mothers out of love, they want to keep their children with them, but the real love is that when you push your children to achieve these rewards. daraja rank, meaning a rank in reward, in Jannah, a rank closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, اَدَّالُّ إِلَى khairi kafa'ilihi If you can't go yourself, because you as a mother can't go, you have children at home, you can encourage the men to go. You can train your son. That is in the situation where there is fitna for the women outside. Okay, because we see that the Prophet ﷺ allowed the women to go for Isha' to the masjid, and they would also come for Fajr. But not all women would come. Not all women would come. Those who were able to, they came. And those who were not able to, then obviously they prayed at home. And what's the best place in the home for a woman? The most inner. Why? Because the innermost part of the house is free from distractions. If you're closer to a door or a window, then you can see what's happening outside. Right? The noise. And imagine how houses were before. You're more exposed or more is exposed to you. So you're distracted. But when you are in a closed place with the door closed, then you can have more khushur. You can concentrate more. Now... Remember like I mentioned earlier Many times it happens that women complain Oh my husband doesn't take my son To the masjid So what can I do I want my children to go But my husband doesn't take my children to the masjid I know of a lady Who used to take her son to the masjid For Isha She used to take her son She used to drive him And this was many many years ago When there were only a few masajid in Mississauga Literally one or two And she would drive him About half an hour One way Half an hour the other way Just so that Because he wanted to go So she would take him And then what happened Because of him The father started going Because of him The father started going So You see mothers They take their children to football Right To hockey To the library To school We can take them everywhere We should also take them to the masjid Mothers will learn how to drive Just so that they can take their children To extracurricular activities I remember a lady told me that they moved here from Saudi Arabia. And she said when they came here, obviously where they were living, no masjid nearby. And then eventually she found out about you a know, masjid far away where there were activities for boys, for youth, uh, lecture here, lecture there. So she learned how to drive just so that she could take her sons to different classes, different lectures, different halaqat. And otherwise she was very afraid of driving. But she would take her children. And now, alhamdulillah, all her children are on this way. MashaAllah learning one thing after the other. So mothers have to put in effort. We have to. And this will be a motivation for others also. If we help our children, then inshallah through them others will also benefit. Right? You, your effort will be an example for others, inshaAllah. Bab Fadli fi Jamaatin the excellence of doing the Fajr prayer in Jama'ah. The obligation is there. But the reward is also there. Because remember that Allah is shakur, right? very appreciative, very generous. So when he's made something obligatory, he also rewards over it. So fard is there, but fadl is also there. But remember that whatever is more virtuous is also more difficult. Hadathana Abu al-Yamani, qala akhbarana Shu'ayb an al qala akhbarani Sa'id ibn al-musayyib wa Abu Salamatabnu ibn Abdirrahman ibn Anna Aba Hurairah, قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول تفضل صلاة الجميع Ahadikum أحدكم وحده بخمس وعشرين Tafdalu it is more virtuous what is Salatul الجميع group prayer over what صلاة Ahadikum Wahdahu? over one of you praying by himself by how much by twenty five times more Watajtamirumala ikatuly, wamala ikatun nahari featul Fajri and the angels of the night and the angels of the day. They all gather together at the time of Salatul Fajr. Thu Mayakulu Abu Huraira Fakrau in Shiitum Abura said, Read if you want in Quran al Fajri that the Quran al Fajr is witnessed. Witnessed by who? By the angels. Which angels? Hmm? The Hafala angels especially, right? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala sends them. One after the other, right? In the Quran, what is mentioned about these angels? Where are they mentioned? Are the angels coming in turns? Where is it mentioned? You should know. Hm? Tell me the ayah. Lahu mu'aqqibat. Hm? Who are the mu'aqqibat? Those were sent in succession. One after the other. So one group comes at fajr time. And they stay with a person until Asr. At Asr time, their shift is over. They go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give a report. But at Asr time, the other shift comes. And they stay until Fajr. So we see that at Fajr time, at Asr time, all the angels are present. Because one shift is coming and the other is going. So what does this mean? That those who are praying salah at that time, For example, those who are in the masjid performing fajr in jama'ah, Qur'an al-fajr, there is qira'ah. Then the angels who have come, what's the first thing that they're going to write? Jama'ah, fajr, together. And the angels who are leaving, what's the last report that they're going to write? Of salah. So from this, what do we learn? The importance of performing fajr in jama'ah. As difficult as it is, but imagine if the angels are going to go and give this report. That this slave of yours, O Allah, was praying Fajr in Jama'ah. So can we share this hadith with some people? Which people? Huh? The men of the family. Because it happens that they are motivated for a while and then that motivation dies down. And then again it comes, again it dies down. So what is necessary? That we keep motivating them, encouraging them also. So we must encourage them and share this with the men of the family. Because, you know, I was reading as I was preparing today, I thought this is for men, right? The jama'ah, praying in the masjid, this is for men. Why are we studying this? And I asked myself, why am I studying this today? What's the benefit? Because anything that you study, it should be ilmunnafir for your amal. So I was thinking that how am I supposed to do amal on it? Okay, definitely... Pray in jama'ah but these Ahadith are particularly about who? Men. So what is necessary then? Share it with the men. Even if they're already praying in jama'ah tell them why. So that they're motivated even more. That the women who are praying at home they should also recite more Qur'an at Fajr because Idna Quran al Fajri Kana Quran al Fajri. Quran over here means the recitation. The recitation of Fajr meaning the recitation of Salatul Fajr. But obviously after the salah you should recite Qur'an also Because you should spend some time reciting the Qur'an in the morning Qur'an al-fajr Fajr is known by the recitation And this is what we see the Prophet used to do He used to recite a lot of Qur'an in the Fajr prayer Up to 100 verses In another narration it is more than 27 times حدثنا عمر بن حفص قال حدثنا أبي قال حدثنا الأعمش قال سمعت سالما قال سمعت الدرداء تقول she was saying دخل علي أبو الدرداء so أم الدرداء she said one day أبو الدرداء came وهو مغضب and he was very angry فقلت so I said what's making you angry so what is the role of the wife at least pay attention to the husband if he's upset ask him what's bothering you but unfortunately, we're so lost in our own lives, in our own work, in our own computer, or dishes, or children, that we don't even pay attention to the husband who's angry. So she asked, What's making you upset? فقال, so he said, أعرف, By Allah, I do not know, I do not see in Ummati Muhammad in the Ummah of the Prophet Shaytan anything except that they just pray together. The only thing, the only practice I see in the ummah is what? That they're just praying together. Everything else they have forgotten. Everything else they don't do. And this is in particular with regards to the salah. That the only thing I see in the ummah today is that they're praying together, but how are they praying? They don't pay much attention to that. Are they following the sunan? Are they performing salah with khushur? Are they performing salah as it should be performed? No, they're not doing that. The only thing is that yes, they are praying in congregation. And we see this that unfortunately for many individuals, the entire importance is on what? Praying in Jama'ah. That's it. Now, what is a person doing in salah? Looking here, there? No. Where are the hands? Is the mouth moving? What is being recited? How is it being recited? Are the Atkar there, the Masnoon adhkar? No attention is given to that. The whole concentration is on what? Just pray in Jamara and that's it. This doesn't mean that Jamara is not important, it is important. But besides that also there are many other things that one must pay attention to. But we see this that at least people are performing salah in Jamara because it is important. حدثنا محمد بن العلاء قال حدثنا أبو أسامة عن بن عبد الله عن أبي بردة عن أبي موسى قال قال نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, الناس أجرا في the greatest of people in reward meaning the person who will have the most reward for his prayer is who the one who has to walk the most because أبعد, he is the most distant the most far from where? From the masjid. So the farther he is, the more he has to walk. So the more he has to walk, the more reward he will have. And the one who waits for the prayer so that he can pray with the imam is greater in reward than the one who just prays himself and then goes to sleep. Because you see, sometimes You can like for example these days Isha comes in very early. You can pray yourself and be in bed before nine. Have a long eight hour sleep comfortably. But then a person waits to go to the masjid to perform Isha. And then he comes back. And then he, you know, prepares for the next day and then eventually he goes to bed. So by the time he goes to bed it might be late. So who's better? The one who goes to the masjid and performs the prayer. That for that is more reward. I remember we visited somebody for some time and we stayed with them for a couple of days and it was a habit of that elderly couple that for Fajr they would go to the masjid together. And what would they do? They would go for Fajr prayer and after that they would go have coffee or breakfast outside. This was a treat. Because what happens is that when you have you know an incentive, then it's easier. When you know that there will be a treat, inshallah it will be easier. This doesn't mean that the treat should be the only goal. It's just that the couple is going together, so we might as well eat out together also. And nothing too fancy, just something small. You see, when we drive for an hour just to eat at a restaurant, when we drive 45 minutes to shop at a particular mall, then why is it difficult to drive for 10 minutes to a masjid to pray? But the thing is that we become stingy over there, we think that, oh, more gas, more time. But what do we learn from this hadith? That the more you have to spend, right, whether it is time, or effort, or steps, anything. The more you invest, the more you get. إِنَّ اللَّهَ al And did you see this hadith that tells us about that every step, for every step a person, his daraja is raised, his sin is erased. I was thinking about people who charge by the hour at their workplace. So for example, when they're, for instance, working as consultants, then what happens? They bill by the hour. And sometimes they also bill you for the time they're spending in travel. It took me 45 minutes to come here. took me 15 minutes to go to Staples and pick up this paper which I'm using for your work. They will charge you for those 15 minutes. But this is, it's a luxury. But what do we see here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more generous. Get together and and perform salah and jama'ah and then don't drive to the supermarket. Walk there, do something else. To save your gas or whatever you want to do. Yes, definitely. Same thing, right, that the Prophet said, if anyone knows that he will have a meaty bone in the masjid, he will come. But for salah he won't. When there is a will, there is a way. You see, it doesn't matter. At least people are coming Inshallah Their intention will purify It's just like Giving your children the incentive That okay We're going to go together For salah And then later on We're going to get a treat So the treat Is an incentive Okay But hopefully Inshallah As they grow older They will realize Of course They have a reason to come Because some people Need more of a reason Than just salah Unfortunately So once they come Once, twice, thrice Then inshallah It should become a habit Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadwalla ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natuwulik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa